This week, we are doing a film that I really never thought that I would watch again, which is 2009's I Love You, Beth Cooper, directed by Chris Columbus and written by Larry Doyle, who wrote the original comic book that it's based on. Well, it's a book, but it's a comic, but it's like set up like a book. It's, I don't know, maybe a graphic novel is what it is. Um, it's a book with pictures. So yeah. that, that like opens up a whole discussion. It, yes, it it sure does. So this film is starring Hayden Panettiere, who I don't think we've talked about on the podcast yet. No, I don't think so. I think this is her first appearance, which feels kind of surprising. Well, like she, it's interesting. She she grew up like doing a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah. So like a Bug's Life, Dinosaur, that 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 Disney movie that everyone tries to forget. Remember the Titans? I'm pretty sure that was owned by Disney. Like just like a bunch of like very. She did stuff. Raising Helen, which feels like something we would have done. We're we're gonna do Raising Helen. Yeah. I did not know that she was in that, but yes, we will be doing Raising Helen. Yeah, you know, like Ice Princess, and you know, yeah, stripes. Just like a lot, she basically did a lot of cute shit for a long time, and then she pivoted away from that. Like I'm trying to figure out when that started. She also oh, did the Bring It On sequel. Which I have not seen. Bring it on, all or nothing. I don't. Yeah. Is that is that? There are a bunch of sequels, though. I've seen. I don't know the, if it's like the direct second sequel, or if no. it's just like part of that universe of movies. Yeah, I have not. I haven't universe. seen any of the follow ups to Bring It On because I just I didn't feel like emotionally getting involved. Oh um, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. I've seen Bring It On too, which I'm pretty sure Hayden Pentier is not in. And yeah, it's really not. It's not worth it. It's just like not as good. But so she did a lot of Disney movies and kind of sweet stuff. And then she did Heroes. And that was kind of like the big turn. And Heroes is really the biggest project that she did before this. Like she, I mean, no, she did a bunch of big projects. But I mean, like the last thing, she went straight from Heroes to I Love You, Beth Cooper. And then, you know, now... Well, not now, because it's over now. She was on Nashville. She was a main character on oh, the show. Yeah. Nashville. yeah. So that was that was actually her last big thing. But yeah, she's she's been working a lot. It's like a lot of like she does like soap operas. It's like very varied. I almost yeah, feel like she was on be- Guiding Light. She was uh, on One Life to Live. And she also did voice work in American Dad. So, you know. The, yeah. The greater family guy universe. <laughs> yeah. It's, her career is interesting because like, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like if like Mary Kate and Ashley were able to like, uh, cross over into like more adult stuff. I mean, not that what she does is like super adult. I don't know. I've always liked her. I just don't know what to say about her. She's yeah, there's there's like a, tra- me. a transition period from like being a child actor to being an adult and it's almost like a film 
like a film puberty of sorts. And very few actors are able to really go through that because, well, first of all, because Hollywood likes to spit them up, like chew them up and spit them out. But second of all, because it's hard to do that crossover. And I think that in some ways, I think that, yeah, she has successfully. In other ways, she's kind of, she's one of those actresses where if you say her name, not everyone knows who she is. But then if you start naming things, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I know her. Yeah, she was in she's been in a lot of things. Oh, my God. That uh, that Disney original movie, Tiger Cruise. I remember watching. Tiger oh, yeah. Cruise. She. Yeah. So she's really interesting. I mean, I've heard that Nashville was good and she was on it. She was on it the whole time. One day, maybe I will watch Nashville. I don't know what it will take because it's not even that like it's bad. It's just that like it's. It's the exact kind of show where it's like they wouldn't even try to market it to black people because there's. (laughs) Yeah, like they just know, like they're like, if you watch it and you're black, that's awesome. But we're not going to pretend that we even have the range to market this beyond like this kind of specific white demographic that's automatically on board. Right, because like it was on ABC, I think, for a while, and then it got switched over to the country music channel. So it was on, so it spent like a lot of time there before it ended. So it's like you have to have CMT and watch CMT. Yeah, there's like a white Christian to Christian traditionalism kind of implied, even if you're not actually like that. That's kind of the area of media that it's in. Yeah, and I mean, like, I like country music, but country music culture, eh, yeah, I can I can do without it. Uh, so there's her, and then there's Mr. Paul Rust, which that this was kind of like his first big thing. Like he had been in stuff. He was in Inglorious Bastards. I, well, Inglorious Bastards was the same year as this, so he did Inglorious Bastards and I Love You, Beth Cooper. And in terms of movies, he's not really a movie guy. Like, he's done some movies, but the movies that he's done is very much like a I'm a comedy guy movie. He apparently co-wrote um, and and was in the Pee-wee's Big Holiday. So his big thing is a Pee-wee Herman movie, like, aside from that, which is, like, fine. I actually have been meaning to watch that. Um yeah. And then he was in that Netflix series, Love. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was getting to that. So Love is, like his big thing because it's like it's starring him and it's based on his relationship with his wife who is like played by um Jillian Jacobs in the show and you know that's I didn't did you watch it Bronwyn? No I didn't it was I didn't really have any strong feelings towards the idea of it either way some people reacted to the previews and we're just like ugh, no and some people were like sure and I was just like very neutral I kind of am surprised I haven't passively watched it in the last year but I haven't seen it yeah yeah I he so I mean he's kind of his big thing is like writing like he acts but like he also like wrote on Arrested Development and of course he wrote on Love because I mean it was about his life and I think his wife did too because it's you know about her and her issues with drugs so Oh, yeah, and he wrote on Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, he is, Paul Rust is a comedy boy, and that's the best way to describe him. He's a comedy boy, not yeah, like absolutely. a movie star. Um, yeah, those are very different things. 
Yeah, and we also have Jack Carpenter, who's also in Sydney White. So he will be returning to the podcast uh, at some point. And we have Lauren London, who I don't. Oh yeah, she, she has. She's she been on the podcast. Been, she's been on the podcast twice already, I think. Because right, talk, yeah, because she's in baggage claim and the perfect match. Yeah, yeah. So she's. <laughs> this is like continuing our 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 question mark of. We know that we like Lauren London, but we don't know if she can act or if she's just put in these movies. I mean, I loved her in ATL. ATL was her first movie, and I think she's great in that. And, you know, she's great. Like, Lauren, the thing about Lauren London that I think is important to mention is that she is she is lovely. She is talented. Um, she is currently mourning Nipsey Hussle still. So, you know, since we're talking, I just felt like we had to be like, you know, her, her man died and like, that's such Oh man. yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't saying that. I was, <laughs> oh, I, no, no, if no, you want no, to clarify, just, I'm I, not trying to like to pile on her. I just meant in the past episodes, that was like our question. Oh yeah, um, no, no, no. I didn't think that you were doing that. I just yeah. felt like it was weird for it to, cause totally, like. Totally. To before, not mention that she lost her partner in the last year. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, huge. no, because it's rough. Because, like, the first two episodes that we did, it was before that. So, yes, like, yes. Yeah. We, the way we talked about her was different because it was, like, just lighthearted. Whereas now it, she's grieving. So that doesn't mean that we're going to pretend this movie itself is better than it is. But it does affect, like, yeah, I, you know, just want her to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I that is That is generally how I feel. I just want her to be okay. Uh, so yeah, we have some other actors in here. Uh, not a lot of big names aside from Alan Ruck, who's most known for Ferris Bueller, who plays um, Paul Rust's dad. And then we have Cynthia Stevenson, who's like, really like she's in television everywhere. Yes. And she's in Home for the Holidays and Happiness. And oh, I swiped my mic. I'm sure that made Home for the Holidays, Happiness, like all kinds of stuff. She's great. She's, oh yeah, she's in The Player. Yeah, that was like her big screen and she's great in The Player. So yeah, there's that. Also, she's in the Arabud movies. Very important. Oh yes, that's very important. (laughs) The only other actor that I feel the need to point out in this movie is one that I'm sure that no one knows, which is Sean Roberts. And Sean Roberts plays um, the evil boyfriend character in this movie, Kevin. Okay, so Sean Roberts, to all the Degrassi fans, he is Dean from Degrassi, which is like, I'm like, it's so, when I saw him, I was just like, man, he's super typecast because on Degrassi, he is known as the character that sexually assaults Paige Michael Chuck, which is like the, you know, the, the main like popular girl there. And it's honestly one of the best Paige like episodes is when she confronts him like she like she actually like goes to court with the allegations and she doesn't win because of course you know sexual she doesn't win but she like goes off because she's in the court and everybody's asking her all these questions about like why did you go alone with him why did you do this why did you do that and she's just like listen um i don't even remember the full speech but it's incredible i should write it down she was just like I did not want to lose my virginity to someone who I had only known for an hour. And she's just like, yeah, I was just like, yes. 
yeah girl cuss out that courtroom like it was really an open and shut case but you know they're all about like the physical evidence so anyway when i saw him i was just like you are the man who violated page <laughs> right and then in this movie it's not like you have to have a different view of him like you said he is typecast it's not like in this you're like oh i see a different side of sean roberts the actor you're just like oh i don't like this character either <laughs> like this character also is violent and does not respect boundaries uh yeah and i mean uh for people who like actually want to know his stats he's most known for being in the resident evil movies He's a zombie movie guy. <laughs> Which, honestly, I would argue that his character in this movie feels almost like a zombie. Uh, we'll get into it with the plot, but just with the repetition of what his character does. His character, okay. So, the thing about I, I Love You, Beth Cooper, has a very basic premise, and that's there's a nerdy kid who has been obsessing over the popular girl, Beth Cooper. So it's Dennis Cooverman and he's constantly been obsessed with Beth Cooper. And then his like best friend, Rich tells him, you gotta use your, um, valedictorian speech to say that you love Beth Cooper because this is your last chance and it's just this thing where he's like been obsessed with her he like keeps tabs on her there's one scene in this movie that reveals that there's a giant photo of her in her cheerleading costume above his bed and it's creepy (laughs) it's not only creepy that it's there it's creepy because like the way that it's positioned it makes it incredibly easy to jerk off to like it's like a full jerk off it's also weirdly it's like almost like he's upskirting her like visually it's just very very creepy they didn't need to do that but they made that choice for the movie so yeah so there's that and so he of course says it he's like you know i love you beth cooper and he also like in the speech like does the very like high school movie thing where it's just, where he's like telling everybody who they are and it's like you he's just like embarrassing people he's like oh, you yeah. have an eating disorder you are a bully because you were abused as a child you are an alpha bitch because you don't like yourself and like you are secretly gay and i don't know why you wouldn't tell me um and it's it's all that and so and so this leads to kind of like uh wild night where he finally gets to spend time with beth cooper and he's because he says he loves her at the end of the speech yes he says yes he ends he's yeah i love you beth cooper as in the title and so he finally gets to spend time with her and then he's constantly chased down by her boyfriend who is a guy who used to go to their school but is now in the military but is still kind of hanging around school that's the sean roberts character kevin and also there's like some other stuff where they like run into um, people that he talked about at like a party and you figure out that he was right about everyone because he's so perceptive and there's okay there's really not a lot much to this so that's the plot of the movie the book's plot is basically the same the thing about it is and the biggest problem with this is that this is a story that should have stayed a comic because the whole reason why it exists is because it is a send up to 
other movies who have already done this. Like, yeah. so it's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Say anything already happened. Can't hardly wait already happened. Yes. Like some kind of wonderful 16 candles, fucking pretty in pink. They all already happened. And And the text itself is very derivative of all of those things. And that's kind of why it was fun. It's like, I'm, it's like, I'm reading something that's like, like, it's like, if you're, if you've watched all the John Hughes movies and you want to like do something else, that's kind of like in that vein, that comic will do that for you. And the good thing about it is that because it's a comic, it makes it kind of easier to accept all of these archetypes. And when everyone is introduced, you get to see a picture of them, their name, their stats, you know who everyone is. And like all of the background information is like involved in like like comics and it's all like kind of like done in this really mature way. And even at the end, there's a, there's a bit of it where uh, they meet at the reunion. Like there's a whole reunion thing that happens in the book where you see how everybody ended up and everything. And it's like, yes, because it's a graphic novel. And like, you're telling us the whole story. But the whole time I was reading it, what I liked about it was like, it was like I was watching a movie. It like really like imitated the movie experience and made it made the whole thing really interesting. And it made a story that's really not that fresh without all of the artistic flourishes. Like it's just, yeah, it is something that should have not been a movie because everything that makes the book good does not work in this I, movie. I completely agree. Cause the whole, the derivative aspect is just so blatant. And I kept thinking of can't hardly wait the whole time, but I mean, really so many movies, so many movies, and how it makes sense that the book is more like a graphic novel also because the movie, like the characters themselves, they're archetypes, but even as archetypes, they're not very well developed at all. Like even like the the beginning speech, um, it's it's the second scene where he tells her he loves her and he's, you know, telling everyone about themselves. But we as viewers, we have no reason to care about him. We have no reason to believe him. You know, we have no reason to believe his judgment of people, except that he is presenting himself as a nerd archetype. Um, and so therefore he's an underdog and he is, he's a valedictorian and he's, he has really good grades. He has really good college prospects. So also like he has this intellectual upper hand, but we don't have for a movie, we don't have the emotional context in the viewing process to be like, okay, I'm really invested in him giving this speech so early in the movie. So when it sets everything in course, you don't know yet, at least for me personally, I don't know yet what I even think about this guy. I don't dislike him yet, but I do think some of the things he said about people publicly are actually shitty. <laughs> like, I actually, like, you know, bringing up someone's trauma doesn't make you look like a cool guy. Like, um, yeah. So, so you're waiting to feel, see, like, who he actually is and if you actually are on his side. And the action's already going. Now, like you said, that makes so much sense in the context of a comic or a graphic novel because you just kind of, you get the intro pages in a comic and then you're in and you're in the action. But with a movie, even a movie that that deals in tropes, you need some sort of connection to the character. And all of the movies that it's derivative of have a little more, 
They have a little more spice in that way, in my opinion. They feel more lived in. Yeah, yeah. There's a... <laughs> the... It's very interesting to watch a movie that has less life than something that's made out of, like, paper. Yeah. It, it's 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 so weird. Like, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, why don't... These are flesh and blood human beings. Why do they not feel that way? I completely agree. You know, one of the things that got me the most in that aspect was the Beth Cooper character and her two friends... You know, Beth Cooper is Hayden Panettiere, and then her two friends are Lauren London and Lauren Storm. I don't really know why they're friends. Like, there's there's not even, like, passing inside jokes. Like, they're just in the same room all the time. But you don't even get a basic rapport. And in so many of the movies that this is based off, it's not like the friendships are developed always in deep, nuanced ways. But you understand why the characters are friends, and you can believe that they're friends. With this, it really just felt like... <laughs> the way it was directed or the way it was righted or written, righted, <laughs> the way it was righted, <laughs> my brain is, has melted. Uh, it is such that it's just, let's put them in the room. We're blocking it. But why are they friends? Why it, they don't feel like people that know each other. They don't. I was just about to say that. Yeah. They do not feel like people that know each other. They don't seem to have any rapport. I mean, like Lauren London probably does the best job because like she just seems comfortable with everyone in a way that no other actor in this movie is like yeah. everyone else looks so uncomfortable except her. Yeah, and I felt really, I mean, both her and Lauren Storm's characters didn't get very many lines, but I really felt like Lauren London did not get enough. Uh, just She just didn't get enough lines. Because the, the character, the other friend, her personality per the movie is kind of like that she likes to party and have sex. But Lauren London doesn't really feel like the movie establishes her as distinctly. It's just like she happens to be there. And then later on, there is a scene where they both like are, you know, hanging out with hanging out with uh, Dennis's friend played by Rick Munch. But but even so, I just felt like Lauren didn't she did feel comfortable on screen, but she also wasn't given very much. And it frustrated me. Yeah, I don't know, because, you know, of course, like her character in the book is white because really everybody in the book is white. So it was interesting to add a black character and then just like have her just be like, well, I guess the whites are doing this now. And like, I mean, in a sense, I like <laughs> I relate to her on that because that's how I feel a lot of the time. But also <laughs> like. <laughs> It, I'm just relating to her based on like how I feel. Right. <laughs> so, like I need to know how she feels, and there really isn't like I don't know, like nothing. Also, it just seems like no one's having a good time. No one's having a good time. Also, everyone feels too old too. Like like Paul Rust and Jack Carpenter look like guys that are in college and not they just don't they don't look like teen honestly the only person who looks like a teenager is Hayden so I and looked up the ages <laughs> and Paul Rust was almost 30 
Uh, Jack Carpenter was 25 and Hayden was 19 slash 20. So it totally makes sense. (laughs) She was the only one that was cast as a teen. And that just really stresses me out because it's, you can tell it's just like this baby who's like with everybody. That's like little baby. And then there are all these adults that like, don't make sense. Like whenever like Kevin is kind of like a villain character because he's upset that, that Dennis is moving in on his woman and blah, blah, blah. But like, like the idea of her and Kevin spending any time together at all chills me to the bone. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, Jordan, just similarly, but different to the friend dynamic. We, in the other movies that are of this area that this is based on, when you see the popular girl with her jerk boyfriend, you do see them interact and you do, you might be worried for her, but you see them and you know that they're in a relationship of sorts. In this one, you really don't see it. You just see him attack other guys. You never see them talk. You don't even see them like kiss in an awkward way. They just don't interact. And on one hand, I'm glad because I'm worried for her. But on the other hand, it it really makes it hard to follow this trail of him like jumping into scenes like a G.I. Joe. Like he's like a he's like a anthropomorphized G.I. Joe just jumping in to hurt this nerdy guy. Yes. And it's just also just like if it's a cartoon, like the violence, you don't really think about it. like Dennis throughout this movie needs to be in the hospital like there's no oh my gosh yeah and it's just like and he looks like disgusting that's and it's like okay I get that you're supposed to be a nerd but you're the romantic lead he looks too old and he looks disgusting and when he's near Hayden he just looks fucking creepy like he's just like hanging out at the high school like he's like an english teacher that's like lingering too long it's weird yeah it's really uncomfortable and it's also made worse in my opinion by one scene there's i mean there's multiple party scenes because of course how could there not be but one of the party scenes there's a moment where two women come up and they compliment him on his speech and the the text, right, of the show is that these women are not attractive, right? They're nerdy, they're weird, whatever. And so him and his friend are like awkward and, you know, oh, we don't want to talk to them. Although his friend is much nicer. Um, his friend Jack is like, you know, he's friendly, he's trying. And it's supposed to be this moment where like the punchline is that these female characters are undesirable, Um, And there's so much to unpack there. Um, But I kept thinking, like, they look better than him. (laughs) Like, like, that's not the point. But like, these are just women just living their lives. Like, that's that. That's that. He's like a 30 year old man crashing a party with like a bloodstained polo. And somehow he is grossed out by a woman because she has not like freshly blown out her hair. (laughs) I was just, you know, like there, I don't even have that much to say about it because it's almost so benign in these movies, but it, it, in that moment, especially because he is cast a good 13 years older than his character, it just showed how thinking about teens watching these movies and how all of this, all of this, tr- all of these tropes are so passive that they just become so normalized that occasionally you see it and you're like, yeah, I see this all the time, but it's also really fucked up. 
Yeah. I don't know. Everything about it. The way that the, this movie, this movie hates women so much. And like the. the yeah, the it really book, does. The book really like, I mean, it has the same thing, but it just feels. I don't know. It just it just feels different. Like, I yeah. guess maybe it's because everyone is like. Everybody's like, a cartoon character. Yeah, technically like an object. But the way that Beth Cooper, like as a character in this, she is just someone who seems to really need some help, really need some guidance, really needs a parent, probably like a counselor. Like at no point do I want her to be with anyone in this movie. I just want her to be okay. And it's obvious that she isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I wonder with the comic books, if, if this is your view, but one thing with the movie that I think makes it harder than to, to read this kind of story in graphic novel form is the movie feels male gazy and you're looking through his gaze. Like it's established from the beginning that he is the protagonist and we are looking through his gaze. And there's so many scenes where it's like him getting horny and awkward and, like the way that he looks at her. And of course there's the scene where like, you know, she's topless. Um, and I feel like in a comic book, when you look at it, you can really just look at all the characters and it's equal. Like you're not looking at them through the male gaze. Obviously there's comic books where you, where you are, there's no choice, but with the movie, it's very established that we are looking at it through his perspective and we are aligned with him. We're not just looking at all of the characters. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, he just he just sucks. Like he's like awful. Dennis, Dennis Cooperman sucks. Like there's a part where they're trying to get beer and they go to a place and it's like it's Sam Levin from like Freaks and Geeks and also Inglorious Bastards. So I guess him and Paul Rust are probably friends. Um it's just like, and Sam Levin isn't going to let them get the beer. And then Beth Cooper decides, okay, I'm just going to make out with him so that we can get this beer. And we get in, they get back into the car and, and Dennis is just like, that's not Beth Cooper. And what he, okay. The fact that he manages the fact that anyone talks to him after he says this is so weird it's so weird that there's so much more movie left after he says this because if anyone had said that about me like i would toss them out of the car he would be out of the car oh yeah <laughs> yeah also i mean it's like that very classic entitlement in movies I mean, you know, he's just such a trademark nice guy trope, right? Like he thinks he's the nice guy, but he really, he's a misogynist um, where it's like, oh, well, now that this woman has talked to me, she's my woman, even though she has a boyfriend. Yes, her boyfriend's a jerk, but like the hypocrisy is wild because <laughs> it's like she has a jerk boyfriend, so she should be with me. And then I'm mad if she talks to other guys. And I'm like, do you not see, do you have any mirrors, sir? Psychological mirrors? I mean, obviously not. Also, the movie does the thing where, you know, because he's valedictorian, he's looking at Stanford, he has these really exciting college options, and it's very presumed. It, one interesting thing to me about this movie is it talks a lot more about him being smart than other movies 
of this genre do. Like, it's very established that he is smart, but we never really know what he's smart about. Like, I never hear him passionately talk about a subject. All I know is, like, he's probably going to go to Stanford. And then the juxtaposition is that Beth Cooper is facing the fact that she loved high school and that was it for her. And she says that in his speech, she's basically like, yeah, you get to look forward to college. And I know that high school wasn't good for you and it was rough, but you're going to go cure cancer. And then she's like, but me, I loved high school and I think that's it for me. And I'm like, what a sad, sad thing for a 17 year old to say, oh my gosh. It's, it's really sad. And like, unfortunately, like when you do, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, it really depends on how, it really depends on how you feel about it. But they make a joke early in the movie about how Beth Cooper is really just going to like end up pregnant. Um, and that is what happens at the reunion. Like when they meet at the reunion at the end of the comic, she is pregnant. I do think that like the comic is way nicer to her about this because it, because in this movie, it just feels like it's like she, if she gets, she's going to be a loser. Who's just like a mom and doesn't have anything else. Whereas like, I remember in the comic, like her being pregnant, being like, like a good thing. Like yeah, she's happy. like she's happy. Like she wanted to have a kid. That's completely valid. Where <laughs> like I get such energy from Dennis that he is a character that would completely oppose reproductive rights, but also judges women for being pregnant. Right? Like <laughs> Right? Like he would judge you if you got an abortion. He judges girls for being quote sluts and like using birth control. But also if you get pregnant, he judges you. But also at college, he's probably threatened by the women who aren't. So it's just like, you just hate women. <laughs> he just, he just sucks. And yeah, everybody says that he's smart, but he never does anything. He's just like, he's knows so like, boring. He knows like, like stuff that you learn on like flashcards, like for the quiz. Like that doesn't mean that he's smart just because he just like can tell you like where a country is on a map. Like that's not what smart is. I would honestly say that like Beth Cooper is smarter than him. And also the way that she acts in it makes me strongly feel like she's being abused. And yeah, I agree you know, by, by her boyfriend and just like, yeah, yeah. And well, it, so she, she talks like, she just throws off a line about like him being on a lot of Coke. And I'm just like, yeah, you're a baby. And we're seeing, and like also the movie, it, like the way that this, and again, it makes sense being based on a comic book, but the way that this movie turns up the violence from the boyfriend, in other versions of this movie, maybe there's one fist fight scene. In this movie, there are whole montages where her boyfriend is chasing Dennis and even his friend, Rich through locker rooms through parties he's punching people like it is like an arnold schwarzenegger movie where kevin is just beating people up and this is in public in front of people so i mean the red flags couldn't be larger and it's i mean i'm not surprised that dennis's character doesn't think about that because he's obviously not very empathetic or observant and he is a high schooler but it's just so there it's so like right there yeah and you can tell his language like when she's like oh you know i'm probably just gonna do whatever he's just like you're better than that it's like better than what i (laughs) what do you mean 
Yeah, it's like the like he needs to be her white knight or something. Um, but like on his terms. <laughs> like it, it's just very gross. And there's also I, I guess we have to talk about the fact that like so he outs his best friend the beginning of the movie. And so like the B plot of this movie. Like yeah. it takes up so much. Oh my god! Yeah, time. total B it, plot. It, it is the official B plot. It's that he's that. It's like about his sexuality. It's just like when is he going to accept the fact that he's gay? And all of his interactions with people is about him possibly being gay. And it just makes it seem like Dennis just like thinks gay people are funny. And I just don't. (laughs) So It's, it's awful because Rich is obviously not comfortable and ready to come out. And it makes sense because he's in high school and nobody has the range and they're all like bully they're all weirdly even the one even his friend who's supposedly supportive they're all kind of bullying him about it like oh come on just come out and it's like well maybe he doesn't feel comfortable coming out because you are treating it like a joke and like this obvious thing and for him he's already facing homophobia just from your just from your assumptions you know and like so yeah, the whole B plot is basically everybody. It's like every character in the movie at one point is like, we know you're gay, Rich. And Rich is just like, I'm not gay. He's not even like, he's not defensive in the way that some characters are in these movies. He's not like, I'm not gay. Like he doesn't feel toxic about it. He's just like, whoa, why are you talking to me? I don't feel comfortable with this. Um, and there's a yes, scene. Yes, because yeah. everybody is up in his shit all the time i felt so bad for him but i feel I also so just bad of- he's the one character that kind of feels like a person too because like like i feel like he has the most personality because we know that he's really into film he's always bringing up film he's always referencing films asking people if they know what a quote is from you know what this movie is he seems excited like he was in theater like he seems interesting he's the only character in this movie where I have a sense of his personality and I'm like, I like him. Everyone else is so archetypal. He is still archetypal, but he like brought some human, like humanity to it. And then his character is so mistreated the whole time or just like stepped on. Like it's annoying that he like cites every quote that he says with the movie and the year and who the actor is like, that's annoying. But like, aside from that, he's fine. Yeah, he's like, like he's a high schooler, so he'll get a little less annoying in that way, hopefully. Um, but there's a scene where him and Beth Cooper's two friends basically have a threesome uh, because they're just like teasing him and they're like, well, if you're not gay, then you should sleep with us. And the movie doesn't really show it. It just shows that it happens. Um, but and, you know, the the joke, of course, at the end is like that it was really quick but, you know, now you know you're not gay. And he's obviously, you know, that just, he already knew he was gay, but now he really, he has another experience to add to his personal reflection. Um, But it was weird. I didn't know why that was included. Like it didn't, I felt like the movie wanted it to be really funny, but it wasn't. It wasn't even like I was offended. I was just like, I don't know what this is. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is a thing that would, this is, those are the kind of scenes that would make sense in the eighties and people know how to do them in the eighties where it's just like this, like, like it, but you have to give it like a very dedicated nerd performance. Like I need this. I would like 
to see a girl with her panties. Like you have to do all of that extra shit. And then it's like, okay, well then he finally gets what he wants. It's like, okay. And finally like shut the fuck up and stop talking about it all the time. But since this guy was never really talking about it, everybody's just talking about it at him. It doesn't really seem like unique to him. It's like, he's just, I don't, it's just, he got put in a situation that he really didn't want to be in. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I it made me assume that Beth Cooper's friends like to do that in general because he wasn't really into it. I also kind of worried because it felt coercive. Like, I was like, this doesn't even feel like he's fully consenting. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was just very, it was hard to tell what the movie was actually trying to do. Regardless of the fact that I felt what it was trying to do failed, I don't even know what it was trying to do with that scene. Yeah. And it doesn't help that once again, everybody looks old. I'm looking right. at that. I'm looking at that guy. Like he's had sex with someone before. Like there's like, yeah. unless he's like a Christian or something like it's weird. Yeah. He looks so like, I didn't notice it. Cause I, when I watched this movie, I was still in high school. Cause it came out when I was in high school and I, and I didn't notice how old he looks. Like, and it's not even that he's, like, wrinkly. It's just, like, you can see in his eyes that he has lived many years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference between a 17-year-old and a 26-year-old. You know, like, there's a lot of life there. And, I mean, a 17-year-old is still a child. <laughs> so there's a difference. Definitely. Yeah, it's... Man, the fact that this is about height, you know, the, and also the way that this movie is shot, it just looks like Glee. And I just kept on thinking about Glee the entire time. Like it's the exact same way. And it's like, it's TV lighting. Yeah. It's a, it's how you light a television show. That's a good observation. I completely agree. <laughs> it just, so it just made it look even weird. Like everybody was like on a sitcom that I'd never heard of. And now I was stuck with like this whole thing. Like, it, I don't know. Like it was like, yeah, like the final, like hour long ending of whatever the fuck teen show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like really, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because it's like, like we've been talking about the misogyny and all the things don't that don't work in some ways. Like I did get angry at decisions made in this movie, but because it was so, it was bad in this empty way. I didn't get as heated as I do with other movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it was because just I just wasn't really in, I was like never really on board, so it couldn't disappoint me. I, but I was frustrated. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it feels so cynical. Everything about it feels cynical. Like, I don't feel like the only person who's giving a sincere performance is Hayden, really. And, like, and, and I just, and the whole time, like, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm older. I just, I just wanted her to be okay. I just thought, yeah. this is just so traumatic. And just because some, like, boys won't get out of your fucking business. Like, what, what if she could have just gone home and, like, watched movies with her friends? I don't, it's so weird. I know, I, I just wanted her and her friends to, like, go have a sleepover and just do a hair mask and paint their nails. Like I'm, I feel like I'm just old enough now that I'm almost getting to that auntie phase when I see teens. Like I'm like, are you okay, hun? <laughs> so the way that this movie objectifies her and like 
feels almost like a victim blames her in the way that it's like, oh, you've peaked. Oh, you're a jerk boyfriend. You know, it's just very misogynist. I'm just like, is she going to be okay? Does she need to talk to someone? Yeah. Also, like, not only is, is Hayden the youngest and seems like the youngest, is also like Beth Cooper in the comic, if I remember correctly, was like very, you know, like a very confident, like taller kind of like girl who's just like very self-assured and Hayden does not play her that way and also she's little yeah she's like a little she's little and she and she's shy and like it's and I'm just like I don't understand like it like it doesn't seem like what it should have been was like not even like a full mean girl, but just like a much more like confident, like self-possessed. Yeah. She didn't feel like self-embodied. Like she, she felt anxious and it didn't really work for the kind of contrast there was supposed to be between this, this, you know, nerd who has a crush and this popular girl, because she feels just as anxious as him. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it just means that like, she's a good actress and uh, like probably this i don't know maybe somebody worse maybe somebody who's like better at being mean like or can be mean like i don't know if hayden could like if hayden pentier was like mean to me i'd just be like oh i know <laughs> I'd be like, are you upset like do you oh. need like, you're lashing out hon are you okay <laughs> Yeah, I actually think she and I are the exact same height. I was so and and in that case I feel represented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well at least but, there's at least there's that, right? There's that to take away from it. <laughs> Man, yeah. It's I so feel I, it, I feel it, like it, people should watch like Sixteen Candles or Can't Hardly Wait instead of this. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely watch Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. Like, you remember it being good as a kid. Watch it again as an adult. It's even fucking better. It's so good. Yeah. Like, (laughs) my God. Like, Jenna Elfman in that movie. (laughs) It's just, it's just really fucking good. And and, Yeah, and it's just really fun. (laughs) Yeah, whereas this movie, it's just, a nightmare night where a boy loses his virginity kind of because he was pressured into it. A girl gets like traumatized by her boyfriend and some guy who obviously wants to be her boyfriend. The boyfriend gets his at the would be boyfriend gets his ass whooped by the other boyfriend. It's just like a whole bunch of shit. And like it, nothing eventually everything just stops. Yes. That's, that's really how like everything just stops. exactly (laughs) and you know um, Beth Cooper and Dennis they kiss and then it's like everybody's saying their goodbyes and then Dennis is like uh, you know if we meet at the reunion and we're both single I'll marry you and like she seems happy about that which confuses me because have you been around this gentleman yeah like have Um, you met him like (laughs) she's just like like, okay like I guess that's something to look forward to which makes me extra sad for her I'm like honey yeah it's yeah no watch can't hardly wait yeah don't don't do this to yourself and also you can read the book version and maybe like 
that's definitely more enjoyable. I mean, I definitely don't think that you need to buy the book. You could like, I don't know, like rent it or something. Can you rent a book? Yeah. I, I mean, you could go yeah. to, you could like, you could either get a library app and download it or probably like order it at a library. Cause a lot of them have, you can like request stuff that's not there yet. Our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. We always love reviews. If you're not a patron, we'd love for you to join our Patreon, listen to some of our fun bonus episodes. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Yeah, let's go this trip. Maybe tomorrow.